0: I am like, when's the next competition? Like, what else can I push my body to do? So now, since you know it's only been two weeks, but now I'm like, all right, you know, what what other skills can I do? I need to spend an extra 10 minutes working on, you know, when I'm at the gym. And I'm also just, I'm just proud of that, like hunger that I feel too. You know, it's been a long time because I've really found something that I really want to push myself towards that hasn't been, you know, school.
1: Welcome back to the Building Better People podcast. Today we have our very first guest back on the podcast. Beth Duermeyer is giving us an update. She's accomplished her goals that she set out at the beginning of 2017, and she's here to share just where she's at. And uh, it's going to be a great podcast. I hope you enjoy. Let's do a recap. So we interviewed in two... This, it was December. It was actually like the week after Christmas, before New That's Year's.
0: right. I keep thinking it was yeah. after New Year's. Yeah. Okay.
1: And then... and uh, But you were the first interview for the Building Better People podcast. We are now officially at 24. So this will be our 25th interview. Wow. And you've had about six months since that interview. And so you know, I want to kind of revisit. First, let's talk about a little bit about your story because there's going to be people who haven't ever heard your podcast. This might actually prompt them to go back and listen to yours. Um, But, you know, let's give a cliff-nose version of your story.
0: Uh, So, gained a lot of weight in college. Uh, Didn't exercise at all. Um, Was active as a kid just because of tennis and playing, you know, sports with Uh, the community and then after college became a teacher and very stressful being a a new teacher just picked up whatever was on the way home and then I went to the doctor one day and I remember I the scale said 267 and it had never really been that had never been that high before and I was actually talking to um Jesse yesterday because we were doing body weight deadlifts and we were like okay we're gonna do our ideal body weight deadlifts because <laughs> there's no way i can lift what i am right now but i remember you know i was always afraid to get on the scale because i was i knew that i was getting heavier and i just never wanted to face it and which is the reason why i hated going to the doctor because you had to step on the scale in order to go to to be seen and so that number really scared me but I tried losing weight before and always because, you know, somebody broke my heart and I wanted to look better and make them jealous or, you know, I just wanted to look good for whatever reason, but I, I joined the gym because uh, I, my, my ex cut my water off and I needed to shower and, and literally so I thought, okay, um, let me just give this a try. Not because uh, I want to look good or because I want to make somebody jealous, just because I know that I need this, and it never really scared me. So I really started my weight loss journey because I I wanted to do it for me and not for anybody else or not any materialistic reasons. So I started a journey. I got a trainer, started just working on a couple of days a week all the way to um, – I ended up losing about 100 pounds um, in about, I would say, about a year and a half. So it was slow. It wasn't like I didn't lose it in six weeks. I didn't lose it in six months. And I did it by eating right and going to the gym five or six times a week. Um, and, but it was I was a little crazy when I was at my lowest. I mean, I really had to work my body hard. I'm actually the weight that I'm at right now. When I first lost the weight, um, it took me about three months and spending three hours at the gym six days a week to, to get past that plateau. Um, and so I gained. I've gained weight back since um, I was at my lowest just being in grad school I think anyone in grad school understands how difficult it can be to manage um, your family life your social life and your school life and trying to eat good because you're not making a lot of money there's always free pizza there's always free food Um, you know you need to drink caffeine in order to stay awake working out um, during grad school for me was always one of my priorities so I didn't gain a probably as much weight as I probably could have because I was still working out um, five times a week. Um, Just the thing that was not working for me was food choices. I was just making poor food choices. Um, But then in September, um, I started here at College Station CrossFit and I had been, it's not like I hadn't been working out before that. I had been doing boxing for two years, loved it, but the workouts became um, monotonous the coaches didn't change it up. They were, it was the same combination of punches every time. Um, and so what I really found in CrossFit was it was that constantly varied movement where, okay, you know, I really hate uh, running, but guess what? We're not going to run tomorrow or the next day. So if you don't like something in CrossFit, that's okay because you're not going to do it every single day. And so I guess since I started CrossFit, I've lost about 20 pounds and I think I'm up to 18 inches. So I know that I talked to you in at the end of last year about what my goals were for CrossFit. And one was to master the box jump. And I and I think like right after I did that podcast, I was working out with you. Yeah. And it was a salt bike and then like box jumps. That's right. And we just did, I think like two 45 pound plates. And I was able to do it, and everyone knows, like, you, anyone can just go and jump on a box, but go jump on a box after doing a 20-cal salt bike, that's, you know, like, 20 times more difficult. So I just, I I built up from there. So then I started adding, you know, a 15-pound plate plus two 45-pound plates, and then a 35-pound plate. And now I'm up to the 12-inch box, which is, uh, like, an actual, like, stool, not just, um, you know, stepping on or jumping onto, you know, plates.
1: And how so that uh, box jumps for for a lot of people. I don't know if it's even so much the physical act because it's the fear,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, which I guess kind of includes the physical act of jumping on a box. But for you, now the twelve-inch box is nothing. Like you're right. you're confident going onto that twelve-inch box. Yeah. And kind of take me back to December when we when I asked you that question at the end of the podcast and I said, where are you at the end of 2017? You know, and you said two things. You said, I, I will be able to jump on the 12 inch box and I will do a CrossFit competition. Yes. And so now doing the 12 inch box, you know, how does, how does accomplishing that goal make you feel like truly like, you know, for some people, Goals are everything, you know. But for you, knowing that you can check that box and, and confidently walk into the gym on a day that we have box jumps, what does that do for you?
0: Um, obviously, it makes me feel really good about myself. Um, and it makes me wonder, again, like what else am I capable of when I really set my mind to it? Um, you know, I, my, I see, I look every night because uh, I check religiously at like 701. You know, what is the workout gonna be uh, the next day or whatever it's posted? Like, you know, I, I get on the text with, with Jesse and Liz and we're like, all right, guys, what's the workout tomorrow? Like, how are we gonna approach this? Like, that literally is the best part of my day is checking what the workout's gonna be tomorrow. Um, but knowing, like, seeing box jumps and, you know, and standard is 20 inches. And I know that I'm not there yet, but knowing that I went from just doing six inches to doing 12 inches in a matter of like months makes me know, okay, I'm gonna get there one day. So, walking into the workout and knowing that, okay, I'm not going to be able to RX this workout, but I know that maybe in another six months, maybe I can. Like, just... Because it can get... Fr- you can get frustrated thinking, you know, I'm never going to be able to RX a workout. You know, I'm never going to be able to, to do a pull-up. So, having small goals like that makes it just a little bit more real... Like, real. So, you know, I'm... I'm still really shaky when it comes to 12-inch box. Again, it's not like that I can't do it. It's the fear of, like, banging my shin on the box. Um, or it's, you know... Because the day that we did, it was 50 burpee box jumps. You know, th- that was really hard for me. Because, you know, like I said, doing a box jump, no problem. Doing a box jump after being completely winded is a completely different story. So it just it just makes me... Realize that okay, if I set my mind to it, these things are gonna be possible. And you did
1: that workout with a 12 inch box, mm-hmm. all 50.
0: Um, I step up on a couple, a couple yeah, of them, but
1: you jumped some, yeah. you, you did a combination of jumping step ups. Mm-hmm. And you know, you're touching on something that I think everyone doesn't matter how long they've been doing CrossFit mm-hmm. or what fitness level they start at, probably if if they're truly vulnerable and honest, they struggle with, right? It's just like it boils down to not being grateful for what you can do, right? Because I'll be honest with you, just to be able to walk in the gym without an injury mm-hmm. is something worth being grateful Absolutely. for. If you've ever been hurt, you know, and I know Lane, who mm-hmm. you know very well, can attest to this, but I can attest to it. And, and several people who know what being injured, whether it's a back injury, a knee injury, mm-hmm. Chris Raya, who's also yeah. been on the podcast from his elbow. Yeah. Just to be able to walk in and not be injured, hey, we can start being grateful for that. Right. You know, and.
0: uh, Or being grateful that you've found a sport that if you are injured, you can modify, like whatever you're doing. And I want to mention Matt's podcast. Yes. um, Because his outlook on you know, really taking care of yourself when you are injured, but not completely letting yourself go at the same time. Um, and cause I, I, after the open, I pushed, you know, after January and after the open, I really pushed myself and I started having shoulder problems. So I went to the doctor and I have tendonitis on my shoulder and my doctor said, uh, no lifting anything for two weeks and no lifting overhead for at least a month. And I walked out of literally was walking out of the office thinking, I can't. What? What am I going to not go to CrossFit for a month? Like, that's not possible. Like, am I just going to like, totally blow off my doctor and then you know, just ruin it even more because I love the sport so much? Literally, it's like God knew what I needed because <laughs> Matt Haynes is walking out of the same office when I left my doctor, and he was like, "Hey, what are you doing here?" And I told him about my injury, and he was like, oh, "Okay, well, I'll see you at the gym tomorrow, right?" And I was <laughs> like, "Are you serious?" And he was like, "Yeah, we'll we'll work around your shoulder injury. He's like, you can do." you know, something else instead of doing whatever we're doing if it involves your upper body. And so just having, knowing that I could work through the injury, not completely have to give up working out. Um, also, be really grateful that I have a gym like this one where the coaches really, I'm gonna cry now, coaches really care about each person that walks in. They want to make sure that everyone's able to do the workout in some way and that's just really special
1: absolutely yeah and i love that you uh had touched on just the fact that even if you're hurt you know and we've you know this is a common theme with like brian fisher's podcast and it's just to not avoid the gym you know right. if anything that's you know we want athletes you know even if they are not feeling 100 percent to still come because we can work around that we can modify and right. we can help and i love hearing that you know, you feel, and, and I, my hope is that every member feels yeah. that we care about you guys Absolutely. as much as you say it right now. And, um, but that, that going back to the gratitude, right? It's like, cause anytime we are not feeling like, like grateful for the fact that we were at a six or six inch bumper plate, you right. know, three inch, what, what, a 45 pound bumper plate yeah. can't be more than three or four inches. Right. And now at a 12 inch, it's because we want more than we have, right? Then we, we, you know, you can argue that on income level, you know I mean? I remember a series at our church one time, uh, not too long ago, but they interviewed everybody. They said the average income for anyone in the United States of America, you know, working full time, right? Normal pay is somewhere around $27,000 a year. And, And if you take the average income in the world globally, that's in the top 4%. Yeah. So, you know, the, the the theme or the overall message there is that you're rich. Like, you're rich, mm-hmm. you know, regardless of what you make. But then they interviewed the people making $27,000 a year, and on average, they said, how much would it take for you to be satisfied? In other words, how much for you to be happy? And on average, or majority of the people answered, it would be about $50,000 mm-hmm. a year. So about twice of what they're making. Well, then they did the same poll, and this was large numbers of people that were making fifty thousand dollars a year. And how much would it take for you to feel like you've made enough, like you're satisfied? A hundred thousand dollars. And then they did the hundred, and it was two hundred. So it's this idea that you're always like feeling like you're not where you want to be, which arguably is what makes you continue to work hard in the gym. But at the same time, it's to acknowledge how far you've come. Right. And, and if if your interview right now can help people to Just say, look, I've been doing CrossFit for you now, nine months, Mm -hmm. September-ish. You know, We were three months in when we did the first interview, so you're nine months in now. Mm -hmm. You're jumping on a 12-inch box, multiple reps. You probably have other areas Mm -hmm. that are improving. Mm -hmm. You might not have that pull-up yet, you know? And and there's an interview that I'm gonna have pretty soon with uh, another athlete that we have here who's been here for a long time and just got her first pull-up, I think probably in the last year or, or so. Um, And I can't wait for that interview because that's going to give just the the overriding theme of patience, right? reiterating that we need to take time. So for you right now, what do you feel like if if we can just highlight some of your biggest accomplishments thus far in the gym, what would you say those are?
0: Um, Well, let's just start with the biggest one and that would be the competition that I did a couple weekends ago. So another one of my goals was to compete in my first CrossFit competition. And so I, you know, I found one in Houston, and it was geared towards beginners, intermediates. Um, they didn't have any crazy things like muscle ups or pistols or whatever. But it was just a competition for for good fun. I think it started out like an in-house competition. It just kind of grew from there. And it was a partner one. And they had a service where if you didn't have a partner, they would pair you up. And so I got paired up. I didn't know my partner. I literally met her that morning. We didn't know the workouts until that morning. Um, And so I was, you know, texting Chris Rea as soon as I had them. And he's giving me pointers on how to approach the workouts. But that was a big accomplishment because, you know, we did four workouts within two hours. Um, two of them were, you know, we did one and there was a one minute transition right into the next one. And so I was just really impressed that I was able to push myself to where, you know, we finished every workout. We came in fourth place and we fi- we finished each watt consistently at about fourth. But We finished second and one. Um, wow. That was a deadlift. And another accomplishment is, you know, we maxed out on deadlifts a couple months ago and my max was 155 one rep max and during the competition just that adrenaline i did five reps at 145. wow you know so um we're gonna talk about hunger for more like i am like when's the next competition like what else can i push my body to do so now since you know it's only been two weeks but now i'm like all right you know what what other skills can i do i need to spend an extra 10 minutes working on you know when i'm at the gym and i'm also just i'm just proud of that like, hunger that I feel, too. You know, it's been a long time since I've really found something that I really wanted to push myself towards that hasn't been, you know, school-related.
1: So what is on the current, like, if you call it goals for you, top of your list? What is it something that you're really wanting to achieve? We'll, we'll say short-term, so in the next six months, by the end of the year, now that you've checked the box of the two that you have from right. December.
0: Well, I want to make it to the 20-inch box. I think that is um, really a big goal for me um, and then the other thing that I feel like I haven't improved much is on my running so I want to run be be able to do a consistent um, under 10 minute mile so and where are you at now on that? I'm at um, if I really push myself I can do it about about a t- between 1145 and 12 minute mile
1: and has running been something that's hard for you or it's
0: just Always been hard for me. I, I'm just not built. I don't think that I'm built for running. Um, I have a really short stride um, as a woman. I have other attributes I make it hard to run. Um, and it's just something. It's again. It's it's like box jumps. It's in my head. It's a mental thing of like, oh my gosh, I'm 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 dying. Um, not dead yet. Shout out to Chris that's Anderson. right. There you go. Yeah. But um, you know, like it's just something that's not easy for me and it it really when it comes you know murph for me was no problem you know it was a long endurance workout but during the workout i felt really good but if i had a you know the running part was what killed me i mean it's just i just feel like i can't breathe and it's it's i can breathe i'm not dying it's just
1: so how does this workout today look for you mile run i'm
0: really excited you are good yeah and and uh, we had a similar workout a couple of weeks ago, and it was run a mile, rest three minutes, run a mile, rest three minutes, run a mile. Um, and Josh, you know, had me start out at 800 meters on the first round. And then I finished that in, like, four minutes and 15 seconds. Nice. And he goes, all right, I want you to run 1,300 meters this time. Um, I finished that pretty quickly. And on the last round, he was like, okay, now I want you to run a mile now. So basically did what we were doing today, but in reverse. Yeah. Um, so I'm really excited to see. I'm really gonna push myself hard on that first round, just to see um, how far I've come. I know that I've improved a little bit on my running, um, so I'm excited to see.
1: What? what have to um, where have you come? So September when you started, how were? What were you running like?
0: Twelve forty-five. Okay. So I mean, forty-five seconds—that's a, oh, a big number huge. to shave off.
1: Absolutely, for a for a runner, I mean, anything over ten seconds is huge. Yeah. So um, so running box jumps. So you're got a hunger. I, I tell me a little bit more about define what hunger means right now for CrossFit. Is it competing? Is it just it's, performance? It's competing.
0: It's it's competing in performance. I think I've moved past the just wanting to improve. The great thing about starting CrossFit is your first six months is full of PRs. You know, because you're constantly, you know, you're starting out really light because you're learning the movements and then so you're constantly PRing. Um, but now, I I'm I want to compete. And I know, I know that I'm not going to the CrossFit Games. And I know that I'm not going to regionals. But I think just a competition so my partner and I from my last competition are actually talking about maybe doing the the battle of the boxes or whatever is. Classic. yes that yeah. in October we're awesome. thinking okay we're gonna do like nowhere near as well as anybody else but like that to us is like okay that's something maybe we can work towards so um
1: well in last year October you were huge help you volunteered you were out there the whole time <laughs> Did you have desires or like what were you going what was going through your mind October 2016, watching all these people doing those competitions?
0: I thought they were crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, there's no way I'm ever gonna be able to do something like this, you know what was it, like 150 pull-ups and like...
1: You can say there's no way in hell if you... There's no that. way in hell, okay. <laughs> yeah, there, I was thinking
0: there's no way in hell I am ever going to be at this level. But now it's it's not about being at that level. It's just wanting to push myself. Like I know that I'm not going to go in there and win the VCS Classic, even the scale division, but I know it's going to be a heck of a lot of fun.
1: So there's a lot of people that... I hundred percent agree with you. So my first CrossFit competition, I started CrossFit in two thousand eight um, in May, and then my first CrossFit competition was October two thousand nine. Man, that put a fire in me. Mm-hmm. I mean, it really lit me up, and exactly what you're describing—the yeah. hunger, you know, my vision for my performance—and um, and I think competing does that. Yeah. And I think people who who don't compete, and that's why we do in-house competitions. That's why even here recently, if you've seen on Saturdays yep. every now and then, we're trying to have more of a like a just a, a little bit of a theme to occasional Saturday competition style workouts, and to give people a little bit of insight is like what the open is, and a lot of members who sign up in in off season, if you call it the open season, yeah. have never done it, and then they get kind of fearful of the open because they think it's more about winning than it is just about competing and so the bcs classic is another event we do so i 100 percent agree with you but there's some people listening that think competing is out of their league that they feel like the competitions are only for the really good people what would you say to that and how can somebody benefit from even just that first in-house competition or BCS Classic in October or going to Houston or another gym that has a competition whenever they're ready to compete?
0: Um, stop selling yourself short. Like how I looked at the microphone like I'm talking to somebody. <laughs> um, but don't sell yourself short. Um, I was really on the lookout for a competition that was geared towards beginners and novices. And there were, within, there were two other workout... Um, competitions that weekend and the one the weekend before that were geared towards beginners so they're out there um and what what, what was the question how could
1: somebody no? it's how could somebody who currently views those events Mm -hmm. as something that's for people that are actually like man they take their these things way too serious or this is for people way at a higher level than me but really, it w- it would be probably good for everybody, mm-hmm. anybody, especially if you can do one at the gym. If right. we're doing in-house competition, or if you do one in town, okay. how could that be beneficial for for just the normal, you know, let's say I mean, crossfitting for six to nine months, mm-hmm. or even a couple years, yeah. and still have never done a competition?
0: You will find during competition, you will push really push your limits. You push your limits probably in a lot of the workouts that we do on a daily basis, but it is at a whole other level, um, especially when you're doing a partner competition where you know that your partner is relying on you. Um, and even, I think even cause I don't like consider myself a very competitive person, you know, during the workouts here, Day to day, I I don't look at the leaderboard and I don't worry about who's beating me or who's beating me in the workout. But during that competition, you bet I was looking at like who's lifting more on the deadlift. Like what, you know, what part of the workout are they in and how much faster do I, you know, I mean, I was texting and talking to Chris Raya all week. Like, what do I, what should I do about this? And, you know, I was coming in and doing assault bike sprints and trying to improve my assault bike you know times and you know i um very rarely take real rest days um but i was coming to the gym and just doing run you know i pushed myself and i was really like i've never been so goal oriented in that like week working up to the competition and then during it you know there was a point where i was like this sucks this is horrible why am i doing this um it was the last workout and it was um you know Thrusters and then uh, burpee bar jump overs, and then 20 cal on the bike, uh, assault bike. And there were three rounds of that. Ugh. And then a woman transitioned into another three rounds of pretty much the same thing. So, I mean, and I was lifting weights that I would normally weight would not normally use during a wad here. I've never done um, a 65-pound thruster or a front squat before. Like... had never done that way during I mean maybe when we're doing a one rep max but never during a metcon and I did it so you you will walk away the benefit is you will walk away feeling like you are a wonder woman or a superman because you have just you realize you have just pushed yourself farther than the other you know 90% 90% of CrossFitters who have never done a competition before. You walk away just thinking that you are a, a bad man like, you know,
1: <laughs> So how, tell me about this because I think this is real for everyone. How were the nerves the night before?
0: I was pretty nervous. I, I kept myself busy. I went, it was in Houston, so I went and I stayed with my sister and I babysat. But I was like just constantly thinking about what should I eat? Like, what if I eat something and my stomach gets upset? Like, what if I can't sleep? You know, like, luckily, like, Chris had given me some, like, nighttime recovery pills. And so I <laughs> slept, like, a log that night. But, you know, it. I was more nervous walking into the gym that morning. One, because I didn't know what the workouts were. And so I was like, what if it's something, you know, that I just can't do and I let my partner down? Um, and then... You do get kind of nervous because it's competitors. And so you're thinking, like, well, what do they think about me? You know, I'm heavier than that person. Like, what are they thinking? But the great thing about CrossFit is, like, we all love CrossFit equally. And so it was a really friendly environment. Um, Everyone is very friendly. Um, But I think I was just most nervous that I was not going to be able to finish the workout. That I was going to have to, like, quit in the middle of it. Or that I was just going to make a complete fool of myself. And that didn't happen. Like, that was all, like, completely silly because, again, like we were talking about, your body is capable so much more than you know.
1: Yeah. And one of the things you just mentioned, too, is just the the community of CrossFit as a whole. And I think back at like that first competition in 2009 and even some of the friendships and relationships I established at that event that I still have to this day. And even the, you know, I used to do a lot of competitions uh, back in like 2009, 10, 11. And then, um, but you see so many different people and sometimes you'll see them, you know, CrossFit's grown so much. Uh, so there's a lot more events to choose from mm-hmm. but you see a lot of the same faces and you it's just a neat community and it's very encouraging mm-hmm. and although probably from the outsider perspective you think man these people are so serious mm-hmm. and they look so intense but it's really just people just like you and me yeah. you know just out there to, to do a sport almost yeah. like a triathlon or a 5k or you know any fitness event. Um, that gives you an opportunity to practice your sport, you know, because mm-hmm. the, the CrossFit workouts and what we do, you know, is a sport and some, and it's a recreational sport. This is a hobby, you right. know, it's like this is what I do for, mm-hmm. for fun. I don't go out and play golf, you know, several times a week or I don't have another uh, outdoor activity that I don't hunt, I don't right. fish. Right. CrossFit is my hobby, exactly. it's my sport. And then just like you're talking about this event, it gives you an opportunity to test yourself at your sport. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for you to get fourth place at your first event is pretty awesome. Yeah. And I think you do walk away from any competition with just a, a new fire uh, desire, mm-hmm. you know, to keep working and improving and accomplishing goals. But I love what you said, too, about, you know, this you have a, a kind of a tunnel vision of focus. And you're talking about meal prepping or planning or, you know, if you sign up for an event, let's just say October, uh, BCS Classic is going to be the 21st. And so let's just say we'll open registration August 1st. We'll kind of announce that in the beginning of July. But let's just say you signed up August 1st. Well, now you got about just under 12 weeks or three months that you know you're competing in an event. Talk about you're... you're
0: Fire under your seat. Oh, <laughs> you,
1: you are rom-wadding. You're yeah. eating healthy. You're getting ready for that event. And, and you know to have that tunnel vision, You know, even though, yeah, at the end of the day, you whether you're going to win or not at the end of the day, it, it's just helping you become a better version right. of you through this right. fitness. Yeah. Is, you know?
0: that, winning uh, does not matter to me. Yeah. It's just you're right, the focus that it's going to give me, um, and like I'm like you, CrossFit is my hobby. You know, my sister the other day was like, why, why are you talking about CrossFit so much? Like, how much, you know, how much do you spend at the gym? And I'm like, you know, but you, you know, your hobby is this, and you spend this much a month to go. And I'm like, this is, this is what I do, and you know, this is my social time. You know, we joke, I joked about how the other weekend, I literally spent every single of my social outings with, with people from the gym. I mean, these are just, it's a community. It's not just going to the gym. It's not, I mean, it it is like, it's it's like a team sport, even though it's not a team sport. Because you're working out with people every single day. You're getting to know them. The great thing about coming in the afternoon, um, I've recently switched. I go in the afternoons now, but the, how the classes overlap with each other. Um, I know it's for time purposes, but that 15 minutes where like, you still get to see people from the last class. You know, people hang around like that just builds community and it makes, I mean, like I actually want to like hang around the gym and, you know, in my sweaty clothes and it's gross, but you know, you just, sometimes you just don't want to leave. <laughs> uh,
1: that's awesome. Yeah. So let's uh, kind of wrap it up. I got a couple questions I want to ask you. So you've been, you, you were the first podcast. Um, you've heard a lot of them, probably almost all of them. Mm-hmm. Which one right now would you say is your favorite podcast uh, from our from Building Better People podcast that you've listened to?
0: Um, I hate to pick favorites, Charlie. Uh, I think Michelle's right now is my favorite. We were talking earlier about how um, just the journey that she's been on, and I, I so relate to just, you know, I think where she started um, – and just the message of, you know, a friend can save your life. Like, I love being that friend for people, which I think is why, you know, I was really motivated during Bring a Friend Week to bring my friends. Part of it was, I know there are some people that really wanted to get in the gym and just be active, and I wanted to be that person for them. Um, and just, like we said, Michelle just has this way of connecting to people that made her an excellent coach. Um I think I I mean I think I say she's my favorite just because I cried like a baby during hers. But I also but it's it's just hard to pick one I could tell you I could tell you every podcast why it's my favorite, you know, or what about it touched me and you know, touched my soul or touched my heart. I mean like Matt's, um, Chris Anderson's, you know, like not dead yet. Like, if you're not dead yet, like keep going. You know, I just you know, Dosses and you they know, all speak they to you. They all speak in, in little in little ways, mm-hmm. in different
1: ways. And so you talked a little bit about bring a fr- about just wanting to be that friend. And that was the next kind of follow-up question to that. Because I think, you know, anytime you have this experience that you've gone through, you know, seven-year journey that, we're, that we talked about a lot the first time I brought you on, mm-hmm. um, you become the example for people, right? Mm-hmm. So you've been doing this nine months. Mm-hmm. There's people out there who've only been doing it, one month. Mm-hmm. I mean, we we constantly will have new faces in the gym. Mm-hmm. Where you are the role model and the example and people are looking at you and they're motivated by you, maybe by hearing your story or maybe by watching you in the gym, you know, cuz when you come in this place, there's no strangers. Mm-hmm. You don't feel lost, you don't feel uncertain. You've lo- you've been you've known what the workout was since 7:01 the night before. <laughs> It's different yeah. than it is for some people who just started. They don't, maybe don't even know that the wet workout's up the night before. Maybe they have never done, a, you know, a wall ball or they're, you know, they're so scared. I mean, they are really unsure if they made the right choice or they could be a visitor. So, how do you feel in this current season, right? The last six months since the last time, how have you been able to encourage or, um, maybe lift people up or speak into others and be an example in your journey
0: um, I think just you know talking about my experience sharing my experience with others um, you know I'll talk to anybody um, doesn't matter who it is but just I've really you know wanted to be open and honest about my journey because um, i will tell anyone i'm not perfect like i will go out and have you know one too many glasses of wine or whatever but i just i try to be somebody that people can just come and talk to um i always try to like make sure that i talk to new people when they come to the gym and um share my story or um you know And it can be hard because, you know, I have people tell me, oh, you look, I can tell you've lost weight. You're looking really good because I don't always see it. Um, But I, I love being that person for people. Um, I love telling somebody, you know, oh, don't, don't worry about the workout. You know, we'll, we'll modify it. We'll cut the reps down. I'll do it with you. I'll You know, I'll go and I I did the workout uh, once last week twice because I had one friend that wanted to come in the morning and I had one friend that wanted (laughs) to come in the afternoon and I didn't want them to have to go by themselves so um, I'm very grateful that I can be an example for other people and
1: And um, do you, you believe that in yourself? Like is that something that you believe that you are an example to others?
0: I think I'm an example because it's because I'm not perfect. You know, if I was if I was trying to play it off like I, you know, what Charlie, I never have treats and I don't ever drink alcohol. I get eight hours of sleep a night. You know, like I strike after every workout. <laughs> I think that wouldn't be a good example because people, um, nobody's perfect. So I have no problem sharing my faults with people, um, and I really consider myself one big giant experiment. You know, I'm I'm currently at a plateau, and so we're you know trying to figure out why I'm not losing weight. And people, and the great thing about the gym is people will be like, "Well, you look great." You know, like you don't always have to look at the scale. Um, so even though I'm an example, like everyone else is an example to me as well, and and a, a source of support because people are very encouraging here. Um, but I also like like to share that, you know, I, I have no problem telling people that I haven't lost any weight in the last three months, but I've I've lost. You know, I still, in those last three months, lost another three and a half inches. Um, so I like being the person to tell everyone the scale doesn't matter. Um, look, you know, this is where I was. I love telling the story about what my, uh, my, my squats looked like when I first started CrossFit. Matt Haynes loves this story. He says, I came in to CrossFit and my squat. I know you guys can't see me, but it was terrible. I mean, I, I kind of bit my knees and I basically just, my chest fell over and like <laughs> I had a terrible squat and now and it's still I'm still working on depth my squad my squat is like 10 times better so um and I make sure that I tell people when I see something that they've changed like you know what hey you know I noticed that that last wall ball like man you really got down there and like you hit the target so I try to like you know Share the love and make sure I'm telling other people that they're doing a good job.
1: You touched on um, something I think will serve as a big encouragement to people is not have like a plateau, mm-hmm. three months, no weight loss, you know. Um, how do you because you, you're doing it, okay? So, and you're doing it in a way, or there's a way that you're self motivating or reassuring yourself hey, no matter what, I'm going to keep pushing. Mm-hmm. No matter what, I'm going to keep showing up at the gym because you've been doing it for three months. Mm -hmm. And I can only imagine because I've been there personally. I've talked to lots of people who have been there that when you hit plateaus or when you don't feel like you're improving, like how do you overcome those mental breakdowns to keep coming back? Like what is your strategy?
0: Well, I always think about, again, that I've been here before and I know that if I know that something has to change and it's another reason why I say I'm a big science experiment because I know for me I look forward to plateaus because what it means is I'm going to have to do a little experimentation I need to play with something and figure out why I'm here why I'm staying here or what's going to get me over that hump so for me it's a challenge like that I welcome so um Whether it's, okay, you know what? I've been doing, my macros have been 40, 30, 30. So let me try playing with my diet a little bit. So I'll I'll work with Lane and we'll say, you know, let's, you know, so let's do some keto. Let's up our fat. Um, Let's lower our carbs. Let's, um, you know what? Let's do more of like an active recovery. Let's, you know, I went and I got my uh, resting metabolic rate tested to see, okay, maybe I've actually been eating too many calories. So... And again, what this tells you, and what keeps me going, is everybody's different. So you can go buy some, you know, pre-packaged workout program that's going to say, if you eat exactly like this way and do exactly this, you're going to lose weight. But everybody's different. So you just have to play around with your lifestyle and what you're doing. And you really have to be honest with yourself. Because if you're saying, oh, but I'm eating perfectly, but... Oh, well, last night I ate a package of Oreos and I had a bottle of wine. Okay, that, like for me, another in your podcast about the nutrition seminar, you say people smell carbs and they gain weight. If I even smell alcohol, I gain weight. So I've had to really be like, alright, you know, my four glasses of wine that I have a week, that needs to go, or I need to cut it down to two glasses of wine a week. So um, for me, plateaus are motivating because I like a challenge. But for the regular person. Um, Just know that it only takes a little bit. Change just the littlest thing. It can can make the biggest difference. So, um, But just be honest with yourself.
1: Thank you for tuning in today. Don't forget to subscribe to the Building Better People podcast where you will hear more stories of individuals being positively impacted by living a healthy lifestyle.